Welcome back to another episode of the Born Again Again podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Joe. And today we're going to talk about the spiritual gifts and our involvement with them. Yeah, they ended up being a big part of our Christianity towards the end, but it didn't start out that way for us. Um, I Like we've talked about before, but I grew up in a non-denominational type, like Baptist sort of church. And so we just didn't really talk about the spiritual gifts much at all, my whole childhood, my whole upbringing. And then Katie, that's kind of true for you too. Yeah, I never really thought about them at yeah. all. I never really like, I never really like was scared of them, but I never really thought about them. Yeah, either. like yeah. they just weren't really a part of church or Christianity for you. No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think a lot of people are like that. I think that's how my family kind of still is and your family too, maybe to a little bit lesser extent. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think so. I think one of the reasons why we started to get into them a little bit more is because as we, I don't know, started to grow in our faith as Mm -hmm. a couple, we had certain role models and people we looked up to. Yeah. And every time those people were so confident, they seemed like they were actually living like a Christian life. Yeah. And like really, I don't know, something about them was different compared to like other Christians that maybe like in non-denominational churches that just seemed happy all mm-hmm. the time. But these people seemed like super real. And we found out that a lot of them were always I, like identified, I guess, as spirit filled Christians. Yeah. yeah. And so we started, I guess, a journey of exploration, you know, like what that means to be spirit filled. Mm-hmm. And um, as I was, I was, I was super curious about, you know, what we read in the Bible that went along with the spiritual gifts at the time. So I like, I looked up a couple of things and I looked up in Acts when like the first filling of the Holy Spirit comes mm-hmm. and that's in Acts 2. And, you know, it says that the Holy Spirit filled them and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then you can go and read in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, actually, and it's all about spiritual gifts and like, and, and I was reading through it and you know, it's such a small part of the Bible, but this part really like transformed our faith. Yeah. I think. Big time. So let's talk about some of the first times we kind of witnessed the spiritual gifts and just like maybe how we started to become involved in that. That world. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is like a different, it's a whole different side of Christianity. Yeah. And that, that other Christians are really scared of. Right, right. It's all started, I think, was with um, Come and Live, which was this record label um, that they they represented like a lot of cool alternative and like Christian metal bands. Mm -hmm. Um, And the bands that were on this label were all like super crazy Christian. Like Mm -hmm. their every lyric was totally about God, Mm -hmm. um, which I loved. It was cool. The music was cool. The people were cool. And so this whole, this come and live label was really cool. And a lot of their artists, like you said, uh, identified as spirit filled. And so when we started learning about that, it made us start digging in a little bit more. Um, because I think around that time is when you and I met. And it's also when we like really started to get serious about our faith. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's true? Yeah. I think we started to like play off of each other. And, yeah. Like ramped up more and more. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, these role models that we found through um, this record label uh, was, was a big help to us. Or it was yeah. like a big motivator for us yeah. to get even more involved in the this spirit filled life. And so when we first kind of got to be like up close with come and live was at a music festival called cornerstone. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, have we maybe, talked about Cornerstone I before? I think we have. Yeah. yeah, Cornerstone's like an, it was in Illinois. Yeah, like in the middle, middle of a farm nowhere. field. Yeah. Huge Christian music festival. Summertime. Lots of metal bands and stuff. Yeah, it was a whole experience. I'm sure some of you have been to Cornerstone. We would camp there and we'd go with, it was me and Joe and our uh, your friend yeah. and then my brother. And we would just like camp, get like super sweaty, like watch a ton of metal bands and like think we're really cool because we're like the cool Christians. Yeah, listening it, was, to metal. it was super fun. Um, <laughs> And then, so we started to get really drawn into people like Maddie Montgomery from mm-hmm. For Today and yeah. Chad Johnson, who was like kind of the, the leader, leader of Come and Live, Come and Live yeah. I guess. Yeah. And so Come and Live had a tent. Yeah. They had a stage. Like, a, like they had the Come and Live stage. So yeah. it was a giant like circus tent kind of tent with a stage in it. And they would have concerts and like talks and sermons and stuff going mm-hmm. on all day long. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was in that tent that I think we had our first experience but like for me, it was the first time I'd ever, and I'm using quotes, seen God um, do something physical, like mm-hmm. do a miracle mm-hmm. kind of. I, I had read that people had like seen God doing miracles in real life today in the 21st century um, and heard stories about it, maybe like seen videos of people being interviewed about it, but I'd never seen anything like that. I'd never seen a, a miracle or a healing or like a prophecy mm-hmm. um, at that point. And I feel like we were really primed because um, the come and live people and like everybody at Cornerstone, like we're such good musicians and everyone there was our age alternative. Yeah. Not, you know, like your typical Christian crowd, like very real and down to earth. Mm -hmm. And we were all like praising God in the most real way I've ever felt. And I kind of since have ever felt. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, looking back at myself then, not to talk about it too much, but it's just like, it's a perfect environment to like want to be like moved by the spirit of God. And so one of the nights we had gone to like a worship night, I think, and this was towards the end. And some people had left because it kind of got like longer and more intense. And like, he was talking about the Holy spirit and healing and everything. And there was just like a small group of people, maybe 20 20 people left over. And it had gotten like really somber and like, yeah, worshipful. And, we started praying for this one girl who was wearing super thick glasses. And she said that she was basically blind without her glasses. Like, you know, she just had a really needed a really strong prescription. Mm -hmm. And so we're all around her. I can't remember if you and I were necessarily around her, but we might've been touching someone's back who was touching her back or something like like that. Pointing our hands out towards her because like, you know, like we thought that directed the power, but old fashioned spells. (laughs) We like, (laughs) we like magic. Yeah. Um, so we were praying for her for a while, whatever prayer ended. And she's like, I don't know if this girl was like really Christian before, but she was like, man, I don't know. Something's happening because I can't even wear my glasses anymore. Like, like as in her vision had improved. Yeah. Somewhat. So like, now like her oh, glasses we should keep praying. Work. We should keep praying. You know, and her glasses, like they were blurry. She said that my glasses are blurry. So we were super, super excited. Yeah. That was the first time that. It was like confirmation to me. Oh my gosh, God is just like real. He's yeah. actually doing miracles today. And I feel like that took the small flame that we had of like, maybe the spiritual gifts are real and it poured a ton of gasoline on it and it like convinced me. Yeah, yeah. totally did. And then after that, someone yeah, came in and they were like, hey, you guys know like this lady so-and-so? And everyone was like, yeah, we know her. And, and 
like apparently this lady is an older lady who hung out at the festival grounds and or like whatever she was hanging out with people and she had super bad arthritis and she like where she could barely move because her whole body hurt or a walker to walk yeah they've been praying for her like she wasn't there but someone was like yeah we prayed for her and she just jumped up on a golf cart praising god like that her pain was gone yeah and we're like what the heck you know So that was the double whammy that was the night yeah right night so, it was that was like a, it was a really powerful night because it was like the perfect worshipful environment you know we're with all these like-minded people everyone's like really hot and feel like a little community and yeah then we just heard like really witnessed hot. witnessed someone's like vision get healed at least partially healed mm-hmm. and then heard this first person testimony story of like yeah this old woman just had her arthritis taken away that was super Wait, is that powerful first person second person i don't know whatever like okay you know not we heard a story of someone who had seen it okay so a couple of degrees of separation Removed. but at the time it didn't matter no you know it no. was that was like total confirmation why for me. would we ever doubt someone else's story or testimony you know yeah because like, it's not like they're trying to trick us we're all christian already anyways yeah but that was a really powerful night and i, I remember afterwards like talking about it and didn't we go and like pray somewhere else together yes. too after that oh so we the so next moved. day the next day they had come and live had like uh, i don't know an individual person who would pray with you mm-hmm. like individually or whatever but we decided to go in together because that year that following year we were going to go into ministry with crew and we oh, were right. starting as we were ramping up more we were realizing how not spirit-filled crew was yeah and we were getting scared so we went to pray with them for our year because we were we just shared that right with the person we prayed with and I remember also that it was weird because our staff leaders actually came to the festival that year and did express concern that we were starting to get to just, you oh, know, be yeah, careful. You're right. Be careful, you know, what you're getting you're right. into. Like, as exactly. As we were ramping up in spirit-filled stuff, we were also realizing more and more crews, like, not into this. Mm-hmm. Like, they are specifically like specifically against, against. Yeah. yeah yes <laughs> so yeah but we were really concerned about that so it was the come and live prayer tent right mm-hmm. we went in there and like someone was assigned to pray with us mm-hmm. and we told them our story and everything yeah 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 so that was a that was like a strong trip yeah it <laughs> i was. mean like that was a really impactful trip for us to cornerstone it was and so i don't know if we had been like I don't think we had necessarily been filled with the spirit. I don't know if we had, I might have like tried to pray for that, but mm-hmm. then kind of been like, oh, maybe I. Uh, we didn't really know what we were doing. Yeah, maybe you know, I was just all don't brand know how to, to use, use my powers. Um, but like, so we decided that that summer we needed, it was really important for us to find a new church and mm-hmm. we needed to find a spirit filled church. Right. Yep. Um, because we had been going to our family's churches or something at that point. Yeah. 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 We needed, we were recently married as well and Mm -hmm. we needed to find our own home, home church. So we kind of went on like, uh, every Sunday we would go to a different church and just see what it was like. And we went to a lot of weird churches. We tried all different ones. Yeah. We went to this one church that was like, they seemed like maybe they were spirit filled, but they didn't have, they didn't believe that they would have, could have any uh, musical instruments so oh yeah a, weird, a right. guy went up on their small stage and just started singing from a hymn and we all sang with him right just acapella yeah and i remember that and i remember really was liking super friendly there <laughs> yeah <laughs> super friendly right. like all different kinds of people and ages and everything um we went to another some other churches in milwaukee and yeah. we decided that they weren't spirit-filled enough right like i was like oh this place isn't filled with the holy spirit we right. can't go here yeah and then um 
we tried this one church actually called Cornerstone. Right. Yeah. Church. Cornerstone Church in Milwaukee, yeah. which we knew from the outset, we knew that it was super spirit filled. Like yes. we knew that they were all about the spiritual gifts. And so going to that church, we were more excited than some of the other ones because we were like, okay, this is going to be the real deal this morning. Yes. So we went to this church yeah. and th- that Sunday was different because they had a guest speaker mm-hmm. and he was what was he? I was going to say a traveling salesman. He, the travel, he was the traveling salesman of church. On Yeah, in hindsight, he seemed like a traveling salesman. But at the time, he was just a guest speaker. He was like a, a prophet. prophet or an apostle, maybe he called himself or mm-hmm. something, who was traveling around and speaking at different churches. Um, and so, yeah, like the church service, I, remem- I don't remember if we liked it other than this guy. But so this guy at one point in during the service came up. And there was music playing and he started kind of calling out like words of knowledge for people. We were right? all like standing, I thought, mm-hmm. kind of raising your hand or closing like your eyes. And, like your yeah. hands are kind of like folded in front of you. Like your brow is super furled and you're like swaying back and forth. Those kind of moments. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the um, guy started calling out like stuff that he said God was speaking to him for people in the audience. Yeah. Um, so he's going around calling out different things for different people and saying like, oh, his son, you're going to, your back is injured, but God is going to heal that. Or like, you need to reconnect with your family or whatever, you know, general mm-hmm. stuff like that. Until I see him scanning the room and his eyes lock with mine. Did you see his eyes? Yeah. And uh, we, Katie and I were in the back of the room, like way in the back. <laughs> I and something with the eyes. I had, we had gauged ears at that point um, because, you know, that was the style. And the guy from the stage pointed at me, he said, you in the back with the hubcaps in your ears. And he said, I know you've come from a troubled past and you've had a hard upbringing and a really a lot of turmoil in your family life. But God says that he's going to turn things around for for you and he's going to make you a new creation in Christ. You can turn away from your past. And even at the time that like did not describe me at all. I was like, had such a good upbringing, like from a Christian home. I was like such a good Christian boy, Mm -hmm. never did anything wrong. There was no turmoil in my life at all. I remember everybody was like starting, you know, I mean, I feel like you started, like you had your hands out raised because you were just like ready to receive any like knowledge from the Lord. Right. And I was like, Hmm, what? Like, that's not, doesn't sound right. You know, but like I didn't, no one, you wouldn't say anything in the middle of church. Everybody else started like clapping or, or like praying in tongues praying and, and like being yeah. like, yes, Lord, like shouting things right. out. Like, please let this be like, let this come to pass, whatever this guy's yeah. saying. So like the crowd is carrying the energy because mm-hmm. I don't, I did not have much of a reaction to it. On one hand, I was like, this guy is wrong. On the other hand, I thought, well, I don't, I'm not like mad at him i don't think he's trying to manipulate me maybe he just like got a little no, i don't know what i thought well because at the time we had no reason to believe that this was some any kind of like party trick right you know what i yeah, mean like yeah. any kind of trick and so yeah, we were just like it. oh yeah uh, maybe he just misheard a little bit of we didn't i don't know i don't know re- remember my thoughts except i was just thinking like hmm, that's I, not right i remember my heart racing and like everyone is looking at you and stuff and so there's a lot of pressure so i'm just standing there with my hands outstretched and maybe my eyes closed or just looking at this guy like not really responding too much but the band is playing and everyone else is like hyped enough for me and then did you go up so then he yeah says that and then he says like come up here on the stage 
So heart like pounding again, like, oh my gosh, I'm getting called out. Like what's going to happen? So I walk up along the side and get up on the stage. And I don't remember if he's hyping up the crowd still or what, but he turns and he looks at me and he says, like, now like tell us what the Lord has put on your heart. What is the Lord speaking to you? And he gave me the microphone or held it in front of my mouth. Mm -hmm. And I remember just speaking the first thing that came to my mind, which was something about like, God wants us to embrace freedom. freedom. God has given us freedom and we're all free. And it, like, it's up to us to claim the freedom that God has given for us. And which of course the audience like loved and the guy loved and patted my back and was like, thank you. Thank you for that word. And to me, I didn't know if I had actually like gotten something from God or if I had just been thinking about freedom, which was something I like, loved talking about mm -hmm. freedom and God. No. So previously. it was from my perspective, I remember you, I all remember you saying was freedom. Mm -hmm. And I, that's what I like, remember the first thing you said. And I was like, okay, like this isn't, it looks like it's really spiritual, but you always talked about freedom. Yeah. Like that was your, something yeah. at the time you had been kind of obsessed That was a theme with. in my life. Yeah, like yeah. you know how you get themes in your life as a Christian. Maybe, right. You know, like this is something I'm working on or I want to like feel more yeah, freedom. Yeah, yeah, right. And so to me, I was just like, okay, yeah, this is this is Joe. Mm -hmm. You know, this that is seems from, like what I would say. from Joe. Yeah. And, but it didn't really phase me. I kind of, I think that what I thought is that this guy he's just traveling through and this isn't really a good representation of the church yeah you know you're kind of freaked out but by it was him. weird he yeah. was a little like a little bit too intense i thought yeah he was like an old he was just so like hypey you know like kind of preacher guy he would get so hyped about everything and he'd hype the crowd up kind and when i said that yeah it was like very shouty mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. so when i said that to the crowd like of course the audience thinks immediately wow god has like put this message given this random kid this message and they're like wow this is evidence of god you know it's weird that that like whole situation played out that way and i felt like i was kind of just along for the ride mm -hmm. even being like in it i didn't know if i was actually doing that or if it was god actually doing it mm -hmm. through me mm -hmm. you know but this didn't shake our faith no or whatever yeah. yeah so we so anyway after the service i remember that we kind of like started talking to some some people from the church is like a really nice couple about mm -hmm. our age. And I remember getting into a conversation with them saying, yeah, we, we're just new with the spiritual gifts and we really want to, we're wanting to find a church that's yeah. more spirit filled. And one of the things that we're really interested is in is speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to be filled with the Holy spirit. And we're like, do you, I remember kind of asking advice. Yeah. We were really, really searching. Yeah. Cause it felt like we've uncovered some new, like really exciting part of Christianity that had been just waiting for us the whole time. Yeah. We had no like experience with it at all. And the guy, we were like, so do you speak in tongues? And he said, yes or whatever. And he basically said that it just sort of happened for him. Like if you just, you just open your mouth and, and start speaking and trust that God will direct your tongue. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was going to be more magical. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll just, that... maybe I'll ask someone else. Yeah. We'll just get an opinion from everybody who can and yeah. see what it's like. Yeah. So that was sort of like one of the first times we'd actually directly talk to somebody about their gift mm -hmm. from tongues of tongues. And so we decided to next that church. Yeah. And then we, we were kind of freaked out by that. It was yeah. a little bit too strong for us. Yeah. <laughs> the next church we tried was one in our hometown and it was a Pentecostal church mm -hmm. and our friends had gone there. Um, and 
I don't really know the difference between Pentecostal churches and charismatic churches, but I read something recently that led me to believe that charismatic a charismatic church is like a different kind of church than a Pentecostal one. Yeah. Like there's a movement. Like right, it's a like movement. a Pentecostal movement. And then a charismatic movement. Or like Assemblies of God is something too. Yes. Yeah. So there's like a lot of people, there's a lot of different kinds of spirit-filled churches. So we went to this Pentecostal church and we decided that Pentecostal churches weren't the kind of spirit-filled churches we wanted mm-hmm. to go to because they were a little bit scarier. And uh, <laughs> we were sitting in church during a time of worship and everybody was standing, like speaking in tongues or whatever. But uh, there was somebody behind us who was speaking in some kind of tongue that sounded like parcel tongue. Yeah. And it, uh, we got really scared. It they sounded were like, like a snake hissing. Oh my god! Yeah. It freaked us out. Did we leave? I don't know if we left, but we were really freaked out. If because it felt like all of this felt kind of exciting. It felt like a little bit iffy because we had grown up like not believing in any of these gifts and so now i felt like we were really skeptical about him and we were really worried that like maybe it was demonic and not god and so like when this lady started doing her weird serpent tongue language we got (laughs) freaked out yeah i think too like the pastor there something about the way that he preaches we must have known like the type of pentecostal preachers you know that are they're putting on a show. Yeah. There's something in you that kind of feels, you're like, I don't know if you're genuine. Where they have like a glint in their eye where you're like, I don't trust you. It can just tell they're shouting to like get the crowd riled yeah. or something. It was something like that. So but we, yeah, we were like, no, next. Not this one. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting actually that neither of those experiences like dampened our excitement about searching for this stuff though. Yeah. Well, because we kept going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we kept going on our search and ended up at the like final church that we were at until we stopped being Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this one was, it was, I don't know what denomination it'd be considered, but it was just like a charismatic Bible believing church. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they would describe themselves as. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a church in our hometown as well that we had heard about through, we were recommended to go there by one of our friends um, and they were meeting in like a bookstore downtown, which even that I kind of felt like was cool. It was like a little bit more of like an underground, underground. You know? yeah. All the other churches were like kind of big establishments. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And this one was like an underground church where the real super committed Christians went. That's what it feel like. Felt like mm-hmm. the first meeting we went to was uh, downtown in like our town square. It was outdoors, and they were doing a church down there, like as kind of an outreach thing, which we thought was really really cool. Um, and yeah, like not afraid to worship and right. in the middle of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we went there the first time we were struck by how enthusiastic everyone was when we were worshiping, but genuinely. Yeah, no, for way, sure. Like, it was super genuine. Yeah. Our, our like kind of guiding or something we would think about is, um, in church service on Sunday, if Jesus were to walk in the doors, like how should the church be worshiping? Like mm-hmm. if he was physically there in front mm-hmm. of them and like, so since Jesus isn't physically there, we would hope that the people would be worshiping in the same way as if he was. Yeah. Like we wanted people to be like really excited about worship and jumping around and singing and swaying and all that. Mm-hmm. And this new church that we found was doing that. Yeah. From the first meeting, we were really impressed with how committed everyone was. Mm-hmm. They were worshiping like as if God was actually real. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's how we talked about it. Yeah, the, I felt like I got I was struck by how normal everyone was and how after the service like so many people came up to us and just introduced themselves and mm-hmm. they seemed like completely relaxed with like being super Christian and like being that like that was their whole being. Right. You know, like yeah. it wasn't, there wasn't any separation. No, no, no. They weren't being overly nice. 
they were just being like regular humans mm-hmm. and it felt i remember feeling like this is a home this yeah. is a home church yeah you know uh-huh for real people we had finally found our group of like super committed real fully alive living christians and that's all you need to confirm your belief in something. yeah yeah well it did <laughs> you know and it, it like really helped us to ramp up our commitment to god even more yeah so one of the things that we did in order to become part of this church is we went to like a 10 or 12 week uh, like once a week on Wednesdays, kind of like meeting. I think you do that with new churches. Yeah. You join a church. It's like a like, foundations class yeah, to foundations. like learn all of the doctrines that that church, is, you know, that you church learn, believes in. Learn what they believe about God, who they believe Jesus is, who, you know, all of the like baptism. baptism. And, and so then one of the parts of um, that was learning about the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is when we were able to ask all of the questions and kind of get everything um explained that we were wondering about and they did a really nice thorough teaching on it and i felt like okay finally like this is in line with what we believe and everything was super biblically based like they had verses i just remember thinking like very comforted by how many verses they had yeah like (laughs) everything that this church is teaching the bible supports it that's what i remember feeling like finally we had found the best church yeah it wasn't just like we believe we are gonna do this because we say so, I felt like, yeah, if I believe the Bible, it's like everything that they say, it has yeah. a verse and like a, a many verses right. that back it up. Right. And so I was like, okay, that's cool with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there's a ton of other verses that we're not using yeah. at the time. But I mean, I didn't we, it confirmed what we wanted to believe, which yeah. was that God was still doing miracles and spiritual gifts and all that stuff today. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it was, it was at this church that we became filled with the Holy Spirit and do you remember anything yeah. about that? Um, about yeah, I remember before going into the class, we had some idea of what the baptism of the Holy Spirit might look like. Because it was it John the Baptist who got baptized, or no, Jesus got baptized by the Holy Spirit, right? Oh, like when like the before dove his dis- ministry, the dove yeah. descended on him. It was basically I thought well, of baptism in the Holy Spirit was like the time when you get filled up with the power of God, so that you can go out and do your ministry. Mm-hmm. And it was also it's in Acts when they the tongues of fire came and, yeah, and sat on each of their heads, and then they uh, the Spirit made them speak in like allowed them to speak in tongues yeah. in a different tongue. Right. So one of these classes as part of this doctrine church training thing that we were going to was about the baptism of the holy spirit and of course we read acts and we read all the biblical verses supporting this event baptism in the holy spirit um and they explained to us that it was a moment in every believer's life where they are filled up with the power of god and they can kind of start their journey as like a true worker for god um and they did, they described that when you ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit, you'll close your eyes and you'll pray to God and ask for him to fill you up with the Holy Spirit and the elders will lay their hands on you, um, go through this whole process. And so at the end of the class, I stood up and I did it. I remember like going through the process because I wanted to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I went up there, just like they said, they laid their hands on me. They were praying for me. I think the um all the elders around me were praying in tongues and they had their hands on my shoulders and on my back and on my head and i was in the middle of this circle and i was had my eyes closed and i was praying to god as well and i remember them saying like that if you feel so compelled or if you have the urge to start speaking in tongues kind of just like open your mouth and let whatever starts coming out just come out Mm -hmm. um and so i remember doing it with all these people around me doing speaking in tongues around me and 
me praying and asking God, desperately wanting it, I opened my mouth and I just started making the speaking in tongue sounds. And when I did, I remember feeling like a, a wave of excitement wash over me. And mm -hmm. I felt like I was stepping into my calling as a Christian. I was like stepping into my eternal destiny and kind of finally becoming the Christian that I knew I was meant to be. Mm -hmm. And so it was like a powerful experience. Mm -hmm. I remember probably crying and like, it was a powerful, tangible experience where I really felt like, wow, I experienced the power and presence of God. Mm -hmm. um, and from that point on, then I, I could speak in tongues. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first point, the first, the starting point. I don't remember that. if I had, I don't remember my filling, yeah. but I know that I, I had one because mm -hmm. I can speak in tongues. Yeah. So I do remember the same feelings you're describing, but I don't remember them happening mm -hmm. like at one time. I remember them happening like a lot of small times yeah. after that. Do you remember like the first time you started speaking in tongues, what that was like? Um, I don't know if I'm having a correct memory of it, but I do remember feeling that I was a little underwhelmed some mm -hmm. of the times like, Oh, so I just, I just do it myself then, <laughs> you know, I just, I just do, I just speak. And then I just, then I feel, I do feel something. I feel the presence of God after, but like, I thought that it was going to be like a shock. And then I yeah. was like, Whoa, and like, then just uncontrollable languages coming yeah. out of me, you know? And I think that was a little bit disappointed. Yeah. I remember them describing like in the class, describing speaking tongues as like basically us choosing to step out into our gift step, and the holy take a spirit step into faith and the holy spirit will meet you like yeah, as you yeah. do that that's and how they described it and isn't that how every good christian boy and girl steps um out into faith and then god meets them halfway that's the idea that's what everyone that's says how every, yeah. that's how everything in christianity is described and that just to me is like looking back like it's us yeah it's we're doing everything right and then we are feeling the feeling of going out of your comfort zone yeah have you right. ever, one other times in our lives have we stepped outside of our comfort zones and experienced physical emotional benefits lots of times yeah. you know what i mean like if you do something outside of your comfort zone you have an adrenaline rush especially if it's something that you're like literally stepping out i don't know like walking into a place that you would normally be nervous to go right or like yeah i don't know well we can talk all about that at the end of this one, because there's a lot more gifts to get to. <laughs> but that time was basically the start of our, like, trying to become supernatural, essentially. Right? Yeah, we really wanted to have powers. Yeah. I want to say, like, one quick aside here that this church, um, I had this memory the other day of us being in church and, like, these, like, rock star looking people coming oh, in yeah. the church and, like, kind of being, like, I don't know, I'm embarrassed to say, but kind of like whispering to you, who do these guys think they are? Rock stars? Like uh -huh. sort of joking, sort of not. And then afterwards finding out that they were in fact rock stars and that they were from Skillet. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> so yeah. like, we were like, oh yeah. Or someone was like, oh yeah, Skillet. This is Skillet's home church. And yeah. we're like, what the heck? Oh, yeah, and I, I think this just, <laughs> this just like added a lot of confirmation yeah. to what this church was teaching because we're like, this is where we need to be. Yeah. Like we didn't, we didn't necessarily necessarily like their music, but mm -hmm. but we knew that they were like respected Christian <laughs> artists. Yeah. yeah, and it was this isn't like a big church. It was a pretty small 
church, like mm-hmm. a couple hundred people mm-hmm. and the skillet was some of that too. So yeah, that was, I feel like that probably was some kind of confirmation for us It was of the val- validity of all of it. Yeah. But that being said, the, that like 12 week training we went through was really comprehensive and we didn't only talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but after that point and after I spoke in tongues and felt like I had received the filling of the Holy Spirit each week we would talk about a different one of the spiritual gifts. And so they talked about prophecy and they talked about uh, getting words of knowledge and they talked about healing and talked about the interpretation of tongues and all of that stuff. And singing in the spirit. Yeah. So like for us, this was so perfect. Like Mm -hmm. this was exactly what we were looking for because leading up into this point, we had been just kind of really confused about what the spiritual gifts were and like if any churches were doing it right or like yeah like how they worked today exactly like we wanted some kind of really practical knowledge like an instruction booklet of like okay how does this work we wanted to go to hogwarts school of witchcraft yeah (laughs) yeah which actually now there is i think there's a bethel school of supernatural ministry so that's like uh, you can for any christians you kind of can go to hogwarts um but you don't have to be uh doing the devil's work the devil's magic like they do at hogwarts yeah you can do the the jesus magic right yeah so um just as an example of kind of where we were at after learning all this stuff from our church we still were left with a lot of questions like practical questions um about how to do the spiritual gifts essentially because we really really wanted to do them i think i think we wanted to do the spiritual gifts to glorify god like that, I think that was a main drive. Like I wanted to heal people because I really wanted to like help save people. I wanted to see God work in that way. And I wanted it to be something like really powerful for God's kingdom. But I think another big part of it was like, it seems so cool yeah, that you can like do magic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want that? Yeah. Also, like, why would you want to put God in a box? Like you think that God can't do that? Well, that was part of it too. Yeah. Like this was, I feel like discovering the spiritual gifts and learning that people actually can do this stuff and that people are actually getting healed and stuff. It like, it made my Christianity become way more real in a hurry because all of a sudden it went from just like this thing. I have faith in this thing. I believe to now it's like, no, this is real. Like you can see this stuff happening. God is physically doing things right now. And that got me so pumped about it. It made God seem like way bigger. Yeah, way more powerful and all that. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that kind of kicked off like a few year journey of basically learning as much as we could about all this stuff, about like power evangelism and supernatural ministry and all of these gifts. Um, And just as an example of kind of where our heads were at. I actually sent an email to Chad Johnson, who is someone who is involved with come and live. Like we mentioned before, um, asking him questions about the spiritual gifts because I was trying to learn as much as I could. And I just found this message the other day and I had two questions for him. The first one was when I pray for, or when you pray for healing for someone, what does that process look like? And I wrote, I believe that as followers of Jesus, we are called to heal in his name, Matthew 10, eight in parentheses, but what does spiritual healing look like practically? And my second question was, how do you respond when you pray that a person is healed and nothing happens? What do you say to the person who wasn't healed? Good question. <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically I was like super curious, like someone could you really, really practically tell me like with human language how to do this? 
And so his response was that I needed to trust God and have faith day by day and that it's a process to learn about the spiritual gifts. And he said, that was really frustrating to me to hear that because that's like the most vague general Christian answer, you know, that like doesn't actually help me when he says that. But he also recommended two books um, for me to read. One was Power Evangelism uh, and the other one was called When Heaven Invades Earth by Bill Johnson, Mm -hmm. which they were both, they were kind of like guides on um, using the spiritual gifts to evangelize. But I read both of those books twice, according to this message I sent to to Chad. And I, (laughs) my response message was, Hey Chad, I read both of those books twice that you recommended to me. They were really eye opening. Thanks. Right now I feel like I am really cluttered and I am asking God to remove some of the clutter and just leave the truth behind so that I can really understand how all of this works. So you just got, you ended up getting more so confused. So basically I just ended up getting more confused because there, there are no practical answers. You know, they're like when it comes to these spiritual gifts, what we realized eventually is that there aren't really good, like practical step-by-step guides on like what this stuff means because well, maybe because- it's not real. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So (laughs) I think that during that time, you had started like trying to have your own healing ministry or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you started, you wanted to heal people in order to evangelize to them in a way, like have like a miracle happen so that they would be interested in Jesus. And um, I think you should share some of them. Do you remember? Like maybe like don't, Share like some of the smaller ones and then we can build up to maybe like your last time doing it. Yeah. Um, I, I basically had like reckless faith at, at one point when we were in the height of all this. And on my college campus, I would regularly um, stop and like pray for people who had crutches or who were in wheelchairs. And I would go over to them. I remember my heart would be like pounding so much because it, it's the funniest thing. I would always ask God to show me when he wanted me to pray for someone. Mm -hmm. Um, That was like a daily prayer, like a constant prayer. I'd always be asking God to show me if there was someone who he wanted me to like minister to. Um, And what that ended up looking like was just me walking down the hallways at school. And anytime I saw somebody who had any kind of injury, I would just feel like immediately this strongest, like knot in my stomach of nervousness because I mentally knew like I should probably go pray for that person mm-hmm. if I have faith to heal them. And that was in a way you hearing the voice of God. Exactly. So that seemed like I was hearing God's voice mm-hmm. that God was telling me to go pray for that someone basically just because I was having like a f- physical reaction mm-hmm. to seeing a certain person or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I would go up to people and I would say like, Hey, this is going to sound kind of weird, but I'm a Christian. I believe in God. And I feel like God is asking me to come over here and pray for you today to help you with your injury. Mm-hmm. Like, is that okay? And some people would say like, no, thank you. They'd be really weirded out. And other people would be kind of surprised, but would be touched and would say like, well, okay, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would pray for people. I would, I would ask them where their injury was and where the pain was. And I would explain that I was going to put my hand on wherever the injury was and I was just going to stop and I was going to pray for 30 seconds and ask God to heal them. And I would, (laughs) I would put my hand on them and my heart would be pounding like crazy because I felt really nervous to do this. And I would pray and I would ask God to heal them. And I would command, uh, command healing in Jesus's name and, and stuff like that. And 
I would pray and I would stop and open my eyes and I would ask the person how they were feeling or if they felt anything. Did you have and anybody feel I anything? I never had anyone feel anything. Never? Except like for there was, okay, there was like once or twice where someone would say like, I feel some tingling under where your hand was. Which when people would say that, it felt like, whoa, God's really Power. doing something. Like that's real. That was a but common, that was, common thing, right? Like if a, a healer prays for someone, a common experience you can feel like what was said was common from like God, the Holy yep. Spirit was a tingling. Yeah. And those books that I read mentioned that too, yeah. that a lot of people feel tingling like under where you put your hands and that's the power of the spirit flowing from one person to the other one. Mm -hmm. So that's what I thought. Um, but yeah, that didn't happen frequently for me. Like I said, maybe once. Mm -hmm. um, but when it did happen, that was like a huge confirmation. But all of those other times that I would pray for people and they weren't healed, I always felt tremendously awkward and like really sorry for them because I could tell that when I would pray for them and they weren't instantly healed of their broken legs or whatever they have, they would feel like kind of hurt and sad. And so right away I would I would explain to them like well that's it's it's me you know I don't have enough faith I'm kind of new at this and you I'm would still say that? yeah I would say that it's like God loves you so much and it's not that he doesn't want to heal you but like I'm really new at this and I'm still learning Oh my gosh and um my faith is still small and I'm working on my faith and people would often be touched and be like well thanks anyways you know it wasn't wasn't like a too huge of a deal for them but it was a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. And I would always leave those like failed healings feeling like I need to kind of double down, you know, and have more faith and like pray more and try harder. So that was kind of my experience with praying for healing. Well, that was the one I wanted most. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the, the gift you, that I wanted the most. You felt most called for called to. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, I was reading in the Bible and here's a here's a verse for you for this for your old self. <laughs> are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. So maybe it was just you didn't have that power. Yeah, but, maybe. Um, I was about to call you God, Joe. What the heck? Maybe you didn't have that power. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay, no, I'm joking. But um, I think maybe I want you to tell your your main healing story, like sort of towards the end of like all of our spiritual experiences. But like, um, uh, so we we did a lot of healing, and Joe would try to make. We did a lot of the healing attempts. He we'll say. yes, he Joe tried to get me to heal uh, with him, but I I was always really nervous. I tried. I would pray with him sometimes, but I was like, I think that God's calling you more to that yeah. because I don't feel that that's for me. Right. You know, and I would use that as an excuse. Yeah. I remember so, uh, that feeling like it was more my thing than it was yours. Yeah. And I was really, really excited about it and really felt like that was my calling yeah. to like heal people. So w another part of our church was um, another big part of like the spiritual gifts that our church displayed was prophecy and like gifts of uh, the gifts of like knowledge and of singing in the spirit. Although I don't remember reading about necessarily that gift in that section but there's an, a verse somewhere that talks about singing in the spirit and what would happen during a church service and during our weekly bible studies which we called home groups was during a worship time someone would come up and um over the music would maybe prophesy about something you know like that 
now that I'm looking back, it was always about how God was going to come and fill the city and then how, you know, kind of like revival prophecies. Yeah, yeah. And another thing that would happen is someone might, maybe in a smaller setting, someone might have a word of knowledge for you. And then mm-hmm. like they, which was maybe a picture that came to mind um, that maybe, maybe it was directed towards someone, maybe it was just directed towards the group. Um, and the third thing, singing in the spirit, was where someone would come up on stage or and then sing along a song that they had made up that went along with the, the chords of oh, the music. Yeah. Okay. So basically yeah. it was like, you know, the band is playing um, background music, you know, just instrumentals, and you would maybe have a song that was like kind of playing in your head, a melody with words that you felt God had gifted you. So you mm-hmm. would go up on stage and you would sing them. And we both, we did all of those things in home group setting. And I don't remember if I ever went up on stage and did it. I might have. Yeah. Um, but so I remember I've got more words of knowledge. And I also, I remember getting a lot of songs in the spirit, but I always, there was, this was where my faith started to break down. I think because I was like, I think that I'm just good at picking out melodies. Yeah. I'm super good at, I'm, I can easily sing make up a melody over yeah. chords. Like yeah. if someone's playing chords for me, I'm going to, I'm going to make up a melody with words easy. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like, I don't know if this is from me or, or if it's from God, but the thing that the ones that really like struck me were the images that I would get in my head mm-hmm. and we'd be praying like, or worshiping, you know, and we had a lot of like ambient time where we'd be swaying, kind of speaking in tongues and you'd see like an image. I think an image forms in your brain, you know, and of like, you know, Jesus, like, uh, whatever, standing there, arms open, or, you know, you would see like a lamb, or maybe you would see a person and you would see them walking down the street and they looked really happy, or someone you knew and someone in the church, or like you would see yourself, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Some of the, some of them were more vague and some were like so obviously like from reading the Bible and, mm-hmm. you know, meditating on God all the time. But I, I felt like they would just, they started to just form in my brain, you know, kind of like, and I would follow them. Yeah. And that I thought was from God. Right. You know, I really thought that that was something that God was showing me. So we were looking for that. I feel like we were really open to that stuff and like kind of looking for pictures in our mind, Mm -hmm. especially during Sunday worship services and like looking looking for for messages that kind of popped into our head and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Do you remember any words of knowledge anybody had for you or any pictures anybody had for you? Um, I know that I had people give yeah, me those. No, I did. I for sure had people come up and give those to me. I think I mentioned this once before, actually, but that I was at a home church once. I went to this like super charismatic, small Bible study um, that was like in a different city that a friend brought me to once. Um, and this Bible study was like crazy charismatic. And one night at, in this person's living room, they had a guest speaker and it was Sam Hinn. So it's Benny Hinn's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sam Hinn came to this small like house church Bible study thing. And before the, like, the Bible study started, Sam came up to me and I didn't know who he was at the time. I just knew he was a guest speaker, but he came up to me and he said like, hey, I... God has put an anointing on your life and he's going to do really powerful things through you. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to come over here and say that like God has put it on my heart to come and tell you that he has huge plans for you in your life. And for me at that time, that was like the coolest possible thing Mm because I was just learning about the spiritual gifts and felt like I was called to be a healer Mm -hmm. and 
all this. So this was like crazy, amazing confirmation for mm-hmm. me. So that was one example of me receiving it. But at that same Bible study, a different week um, before the Bible study was starting, I remember praying and like kind of just sitting meditatively before the study started and feeling like uh, this message popped in my head that was like, God needs to deal with your pride. And I felt like it was a message for someone else. So I got up and I went over to the Bible study leader and I like sat down and whispered to him like, hey, I think God might have told me something. I'm not really sure because this is all really new to me, but I feel like God might have told me that there's someone here who uh, has like a big pride in their life that they need to have dealt with. Um, And I told him that and he just was like, thanks. Like, that's great that you like stepped out in your faith. Thank you for telling me that. At the end of the service, that same leader came over and said like, hey, I just wanted to tell you your your word was spot on, that there was this other person here who was going through something really hard right now and that it's a pride that's like blocking the Holy Spirit from working in their life. And I just wanted to tell you that your word was perfectly accurate, it was spot on. And how did that feel? And I was like, oh my God, like it's amazing. <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted, you know? Yeah. So that's the type of thing. It was It was always like you're looking for it, you're very open, like aware of the images that are coming in your mind and then yeah. you assign like spiritual meaning to them. Yeah. Yeah. I actually remember one at a similar Bible study we went to that somebody came up to us and said that we're going to lead a lot of couples to Christ. Oh yeah. Remember that yeah. One? Right. Yeah. That was like a prophecy over us. Over us too. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Look at us now. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, those. Yeah. I feel like looking back on them, I, I can see how all of those things kind of happened. But mm-hmm. so this is leading up to, us leaving our faith and kind of all these experiences and the emotions that they give us and during worship and, and me thinking about how I can, I might be making up my melodies or my spiritual songs. And like, this is leading me to question, you know, am I doing something? Am I doing any of this on my own? And am I giving myself these emotions and these reactions? And so you kind of had a similar like a final straw with healing. Yeah. And why don't you share that? Yeah. So it was, this was, would be the last time that I ever prayed for someone to be healed. Cause I, I prayed for a lot of people. You did. I, it was like, you, I don't know, maybe like 30. Yeah. Over when my you whole say it time. Right now it doesn't sound like, well, as but much I mean, as 30 is a, yeah, Joe, but thir- so, like going up to 30 Joe, I think injured you people. Maybe could have had a little bit oh, more faith. <laughs> like, no, going up to 30, like, people in wheelchairs or crutches or whatever and praying for them and then them not being healed no that's you know, a lot like, that's a per- that's persistence I, I sustained the faith for a long time um all the way up until this very last time where i was i remember i was at work and it was in the winter in wisconsin i was at work and i kind of just got the feeling that i should go downtown after work and again like i said at this point we were very very open to this type of thing we were trying to like listen for god to speak to us um, and so I, during the workday, I just had the urge to go downtown after work. And at the time that to me felt like God was telling me to go downtown. And I thought that he was telling me to go downtown because there was someone who I needed to pray for, for healing. Mm-hmm. That was like the message I felt like I received. And what did it, what does it mean you think you heard or you felt that you had it? Um, that you just had a thought pop into your head? I just, I, it could have been anything. It, it Maybe it was, I like remembered uh, a restaurant downtown, like that the, a restaurant popped into my head. 
And to me, that meant I need to go downtown later, or like mm-hmm. God is telling me I should go downtown. That it's it's as simple as that, or it mm-hmm. could just be a memory of like a a thought of downtown Racine, and it make me think like that's God trying to tell me there's something about downtown Racine. And if I got one picture, then I would pray to God and I'd say like God, please like show me more. What are you trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. Which is funny. It's funny when I'm saying it now, like as if I need to coax God. Like, come on, God, give me a little bit more information. Yeah. <laughs> come here, boy. It's okay. You can share. But no, it's like I'd get one picture that would be maybe unrelated. I see a restaurant storefront. So then I start praying to God and asking God to show me what he means. And then the more I pray, the more thoughts start coming. And then I end up feeling like, okay, God wants me to go downtown to pray for healing for someone, uh-huh. which is exactly in line with like everything I was always thinking about anyways, yeah. for healing and stuff. So like a good Christian, when the workday ended, I decided, okay, I'm going to do it. So I drove downtown um, and downtown Racine is like a small town is kind of just deserted, especially in the winter. There's nobody down there. But I went down and I parked the car and I just started walking around and I was walking on the sidewalk and praying in tongues and praying to God and asking him to direct me where I should go and uh, direct me to the person who needs to be healed. Cause by this point I was like totally convinced there was somebody down here who was injured, who God was going to heal. And I was going to be the vessel like through which God worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so spent probably like 20 minutes or a half hour walking around, didn't see a single person and was starting to get like really frustrated because I, f- I really wanted it to be God who was mm-hmm. speaking to me. I really wanted it to not, not just be myself, you know? So I was starting to feel like, Oh, come on, God, like, I really want to be right about this. So I started uh, heading back to my car, kind of disheartened after walking around and not seeing anyone. And that was when I noticed this guy in the distance, like at the end of the block, limping down the street. And he was kind of walking away from me. And so I thought, oh, here it is. Like, this is my chance. Perfect. I got that familiar, like, tighten the stomach feeling, which to me at that point meant that God was trying to tell me something. Mm-hmm. So right away, I knew that this was a guy who God had sent me down here to heal. So I started walking over towards him, was getting closer and closer and feeling my heart race more and more as I prepared to start this healing process again, like I've done so many times. And that's when I noticed that the guy had his pants unzipped and his uh, penis out (laughs) flopping around as he was peeing all over himself in the ground and just everything around him as he walked away from me and i realized he was totally drunk he's like or stoned or whatever you Uh know he's like just out of his mind like crazy peeing homeless guy Mm -hmm. and i felt so disheartened yeah i just instantly felt like this huge weight on me like i was wrong I I don't know. I felt like I was wrong again. Maybe God didn't want me to come down here. Yeah. Or like maybe I didn't have enough faith again. So it was like just kind of like, come on, God. Like I'm trying so hard to please you and this is what you give me. That's what it was. I felt like so betrayed. I, you know, how more, how much more committed could I be like out here in the winter? There's nobody around. Mm -hmm. I'm like wandering around these deserted streets, freezing because I believe that you're trying to speak to me, God. Mm -hmm. And this is what I get. Like, this is the result of my obedience. And I felt so, so let down. Some really floppy wiener. Yeah. So did you like decide after that to not do that anymore? It wasn't a decision, but that was the last time I ever tried. I think that was just like so much of a blow to my motivation. 
that I felt it wasn't that I was disappointed in God, but I felt like I must be understanding this completely wrong. Mm -hmm. Like I must be doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. And I, so it was just, I like, I needed to take a break and I thought I was going to stop and like kind of come at it again from a different angle and try to understand it better and Mm -hmm. seek God with my whole heart because I wasn't obviously wasn't understanding it correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) I feel like that's the kind of thing that would be a light bulb to wake up from like, at least from like this, but it's weird how, you all these things kind of happen to us and they don't phase us at all that's the weirdest thing yeah Yeah. like thinking about how many people we prayed for and i felt like i was doing all the right things and like actually had real faith that god was going to heal the people we were praying for but like even though he didn't heal anyone i still had faith and i still kept feeling like well i must just not be understanding it right Mm -hmm. or i must be like I must not be seeking God correctly because I'm not hearing him, you know. It's kind of the same for people who, we were talking about this before, is it cessationists Mm -hmm. who believe that the spiritual gifts ended in the time of the Bible. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's the same thing where you, like those people, they pray for people to be healed. Like in the hospital, maybe from afar, they're just praying, you know, quietly to themselves or in a group, a Bible study. Yeah. And then when people don't get healed, you just make the excuse that maybe that's, maybe you don't have enough faith or maybe it's just not the timing yeah, that God right. wants. Yeah. And so it's all, there's always that catch, you know, something to keep you in. It's just right. strange. Like the that all of these things weird. can happen and we like still remain so faithful. Yeah. It's, faithful it's a perfect example of like how we wanted to believe yeah. so badly that like, even though we were seeing evidence every day of how it wasn't working and like how God wasn't doing anything presently mm-hmm. we still continue to have faith through all of that mm-hmm. it didn't even phase it no it's it's really weird now i think i i don't think that that ended our faith but i remember feeling like really i felt mainly bad for you yeah because that was such like that was so much of your thing i just had another memory that i remember that is like was really important to me uh believing in the holy spirit and the power of the holy spirit but it was, we went to this that Holy Spirit conference. Do you mm, remember mm-hmm. with my uncle? Yeah, it was a Lutheran, a charismatic Lutheran conference. Oh, weird. Which okay. is, it is weird. But my, it, yeah. So my dad and my mom went and we went with my uncle. My dad has a twin brother and his uh, twin brother is like um, super Christian, very spirit filled, really cool guy. Actually, we still think he's super confident. We really like him. But like he, he took us there and. Um, my dad went up on stage like during sort of one of those things where not the altar call, but I mean the, that altar call where you go down and get touched by you get knocked the, down by the Holy get knocked Spirit. Down by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yeah. So my dad goes up there and he's in line. He gets up to the line. We're all like sing- everyone else is singing and praising during this time. A lot of flag. There were a lot of people with like flags mm-hmm. there. And like he like shouts out and gets thrown back. And this is so weird because my dad is so skeptical and he never like really believed in any of that stuff. And like, it was, I was like, oh my gosh, God is real. Like, you know, it's really happening. And, um, like he came back. I remember asking him about it and he was like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I I remember that too. Like, I I was like, tell us more. (laughs) Gosh, like be better at telling a story. Like, tell us about what happened. What did you feel like? Why do you think you did that? Do you feel like it was from God? And after that, I also, when he came back to, uh, the seats, I remember praying for healing for his ears because his ears are, he's kind of going deaf. Like pretty, 
you know, sooner than I think he should for his age. Yeah. And he was, he's always been so self-conscious about it and like really hates it. So I prayed for healing for him. And I remember him like smiling uh, while I was doing it, but in that kind of way where you're, you know, that smile you do when you're kind of like, like, thanks, but thanks, but yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? He yeah. had that smile, like yeah. a little skeptical. And then after that, I thought, Oh, he didn't have enough faith to be healed. Oh it wasn't gosh. my fault. Oh my gosh. But, um, like, but that was really, that also really sealed us in, yeah. in the spiritual gifts and the Holy Spirit for a long time. Um, I, I think, think until it started breaking down with like what you, happened to you. Yeah. That, well, even that though, it's, it's weird how, like now we look at the spiritual gifts and you can see how most of them are easily explained by like simple psychology. Yeah. And that's, that's fine, you know, whatever. But at the time, like these gifts... I don't know. We wanted to believe that they were true so badly that like seeing your dad jump back when the pastor like put his hand on him and prayed for him, that like was perfect confirmation in my mind that God existed and Mm -hmm. was real. Like I didn't have any reason to think that that wasn't God, Yeah, you know? And so like, it just, all of these things, even if they were the most vague, like general prophecies or like words of knowledge that weren't specific at all that anybody could have just thought of, like those all served as perfect confirmations in our minds. Mm-hmm. And we um, thought that if we could bring these gifts to other people that they could be saved. Right. And I thought that why isn't every Christian doing this exactly. stuff? Because God's actually doing it now and you here's examples of it. Yeah. And I think that if you guys want to show this world, this like broken world that needs proof, we have it, that yeah. God's work really powerful. Why aren't we using these powers? Exactly. Yeah. It <laughs> seemed like it powers. made so much sense. Yeah. Like the charismatic way seemed like the best way and we were totally on board with it. Yeah. Like you said, I think we were totally, it's funny because we were totally on board with it and ramping up with it more and more until that wiener experience I had. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then like you mentioned earlier, it kind of was also the downfall of our faith because mm-hmm. you started questioning like the songs of the spirit that you were getting mm-hmm. and you started to think, wait, wait a minute. What if I can just make up melodies really easily? What if we're just having adrenaline rushes? When mm-hmm. we are so, worshiping? I mean, that one thing mm-hmm. started to make Break us down. question everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And I think looking back on it now, we see all of those times we've like, we've been to church again. We've, we can still speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've um, done it. Yeah. We'd speak in tongues sometimes like to see if we still got it. And, um, we we can, we, so it's like, we have, I mean, we are like in the most apostasy state ever. And we like have (laughs) denounced God so many times, but he hasn't yet taken away our gifts. Right. Um, and we like, you know, we've like kind of seen a lot of things that explain the spiritual gifts. We've watched stuff like the documentary about Marjo and he's like a Pentecostal preacher Mm -hmm. and we've watched the Darren Brown things, uh, some of his Netflix specials in which he like actually does heal someone's eyesight, mm-hmm. which helped explain our um, oh, experience yeah. of the girl who, who was experiencing a healing of mm-hmm. eyesight. And like, uh, I, I think like a lot of those things showed us that we, our brains are very suggestible. And when we're in like these states of, I guess, heightened arousal, like kind of expecting things to happen, you will see things. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when you go to a haunted house 
or like a, you know, a scary house during Halloween and your friend tells a really scary ghost story and then you see shapes in the mirror. Yeah. It's like you're you're looking for things. Mm-hmm. And even yeah. we said as Christians, we are always looking for signs. Right. And if you are looking for a sign, you will find one. Yeah, right. You're, yeah. you're going to find one. You'll find it in the environment. I think that like learning about, I mean, looking back and, and seeing that that guy who called you out on mm-hmm. stage and like wondering if every other time preachers called people out, if that person was, that wasn't even true for them, but they were too scared to speak up because the whole body, the whole congregation was singing and shouting. Yeah. Like, why would you stop a service to be like, um, excuse me, sir, your prophecy is not correct. Right. Like, I'm actually not from a broken home. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't do that. It's like, you wouldn't very... want to hurt the other people's faith. No, you know, it's group... you wouldn't want to hurt his credibility. You wouldn't want to hurt the rest of the church's faith. No. You, you know, it's like, when someone calls you out and you just sit there silently, I feel like that silence is like confirming to everybody else, even if the person's totally wrong. Yeah. It just everyone expects that it's right and is like assuming that it's all right mm-hmm. and spot on. And so yeah, it's a weird environment. I don't think that there are every church that does that is trying to trick people, but we have seen documentaries where televangelists and and healers do have like they have ear pierced pieces connected to someone in the back who's giving them information about people's names mm-hmm. you know like yeah. we, like it's tricky because it's like the, if there are swindlers in it then mm-hmm. what are the people who are doing it like quote unquote for real yeah you know right yeah um i looking back on the time of spiritual gifts it's hard to like get back into the mindset of like just of how we felt at the time because it felt so powerful and now it's it's with I don't know, fresh eyes, I guess, looking back, it seems so much so like self, uh, self-induced. Self-induced. Yeah, yeah right. like we were just, we were making it happen. We were right. believing that it was, and so we, it was happening in our life. Yeah, yeah. and like, like you were saying, there's so many documentaries and videos and stuff you can watch that like explain every one of the spiritual gifts and how they appear to work and how, yeah, it's, it's like simple psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at the time, it, felt very real and it felt like a perfect confirmation of god existing and all of that yeah so and it was it a was, big part of our faith it was one of the last things that we needed to have explained before yeah, we were ready to let go for sure we were like okay yeah the bible is kind of crazy and god seems really angry and mean and um salvation is kind of confusing and what happens to people you know who can never hear about yeah. god but but, but we saw God work yeah, and what was that? We and saw so, miracles. Yeah. So yeah. that kept us in for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was definitely a big part of what we had to dismantle. Mm-hmm. I think we'll probably have another episode where we can talk about, we could like talk about the psychology of the spiritual gifts and how that stuff works and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, we just wanted this one to be kind of our experience and how it affected our faith and where we were at with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like a number of you have messaged and talked about how your experience with the spiritual gifts as well and like how difficult it was to sort of like reason around that while mm-hmm. you're in it because you felt like you've had like real life experiences, personal experiences. And that's like, that's really valuable to you as a Christian. I Yeah. Think. Well, and even saying, I feel like some of those spiritual quote unquote spiritual experiences can be really valuable to you as a person, mm-hmm. but as we're finding out, you don't need any kind of God to have a spiritual experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can just have them by yourself. Yeah. (laughs) They're better that way. 
So if you guys have had any experiences with these magical powers, you should head over to our Facebook group or our Instagram page um, and tell us all about it. You can also support us through our Patreon, just under patreon.com slash born again again. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you.